Let's do an introduction. You first. How do we... Uh... <laughs> Hello, my name's James. <laughs> James Birch. I like moonlit walks on the beach. And I like watching him while he's walking. <laughs> Just sort of trailing 40 to 50 yards behind watching. That makes sense. I always feel like somebody's behind me when I go for these moonlit walks on the beach. And you know when you double back and there's two sets of footprints... I, I just thought I've got a bit of a funny step. Yeah, well, there's that too. It's actually two and a half steps, <laughs> really, isn't it? Two and a half sets of, of footprints. Right, yeah. When I say introduction, I, I don't know if we wanted to do... Like... You mean you wanted the Parkinson theme tune to play? Clapping, hang on. Hey! Oh, welcome, welcome. Uh, my first guest is uh, uh, Billy Connolly. Oh, it's me, Billy. I'm, I'm so rock. I'm from Glasgow. I don't know if you know that. Hey, I tell you what, Lee. Uh, bums. <laughs> Very astute observation. It's Billy Connolly. <laughs> we managed to distill a what twenty-year career, <laughs> more than twenty years. I don't even know thirty-year career of interviewing people on TV into I don't know what was that a minute and a half of concise, brief summation of that man's life. Oh, I know. Well, and now he sells pens for uh, what is it? British seniors? Parky pens. <laughs> Parky pens. <laughs> Boris bikes. Parky pens. And Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Famously got on very well with Muhammad Ali. Famously? Famously. Yeah. Was that the one? Parky and Muhammad Ali? Oh, I thought you were talking about like, Jeremy Irons then. I was like, what? I was like, I, I was waiting for the bit. Like, the, no, the kind of... for, once, for, for once in my, my life, I wasn't talking about no, Jeremy No, yeah, Irons. he interviewed him like two or three times. The last of which he kind of turned on him. He turned on Parky. We well, started a bit. beating him up. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't hear no bell. <laughs> he starts wailing on him. <laughs> get, get security. Just 16 bounces to pull him off. <laughs> no wonder he's selling pens. <laughs> First of all, yes. Lay down a few ground rules. All right. So, please don't say anything suggestive about the way I'm dressed today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say anything, but no, but no, that's fine. Yeah, that's, it goes without saying. I think that's a man fine. wants to wear a, a Justin Hawkins style cat suit. It's it's you know it's anybody's anybody can wear whatever they like. Yeah, no, I I, I quite agree. No, uh, did you buy the uh, sausages in a pack or? Uh... <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> actually came with a cat suit came with a suit oh, that's handy yeah. <laughs> so yeah just that's the first ground rule have you got any do you want to just to sort of establish I, 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 I don't usually play by rules so uh, it's, it's very uh, difficult for me to uh, bit of a maverick yeah exactly yeah exactly I, I play by my kind of beat of my own drum yeah I've always you, seen you know you, me yeah oh yeah yeah I've always seen you more of a bit of a goose 
But I don't, I'm not talking Top Gun. I'm talking like you've got that really long neck. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I produce a lot of fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So I think it's important that we set up uh, our personalities. You know, people need to get to know those quite quite quickly. So. Yeah. Well, I'm the cute one. You're the cute one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, certainly, the, the pigtails give it away. Yeah. We'll have to put up some drawings. Uh, you know, if once this becomes established and we're yeah. huge stars, people <laughs> people will know you by the pigtails, won't they? That's right. Yeah, my so, famous Birchy pigtail. Yeah, yeah. So we'll I'll, I'll do a quick sketch of you at some point, and we'll put that up. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm the the racist one. That, yeah, that could be like my. Uh, I've always found that's character. a good uh, good duo, the the cute one and the racist <laughs> one. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like a lot of uh, you know Clint Eastwood's. Later films, the <laughs> certainly Gran Torino. The good, the cute, and the racist. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's no uh, Bronco Billy. That was his first film. He did this really awful <laughs> film yeah. uh, uh, called Bronco Billy, like back in the seventies, uh, which was like about a travelling gypsy circus okay. or something like that. And he like fell in love with one of the people at the circus or something like that. Okay. It wasn't like the woman in a jar or anything. That he fell in love with. <laughs> bearded um, lady. Yeah, bearded lady. <laughs> so was he the titular? He was, was Bronco, Bronco Billy. Billy. Oh no, yeah, he must. Have... It's been years since I've seen it. He was in love with a horse. Yeah, that's Billy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Bronco it. was short for the fact that the horse had bronchitis. <laughs> <laughs> it was a horse with a really bad cough. He took pity on it. <laughs> yeah. There's that great scene at the start of the film where he's just kind of like, um, you can hear in the, the background, no, no, excuse me. And he's like, who's that coughing? And he looks over and there's just like a, one of those kind of where the, the, the screen's a little bit kind of like hazy and just yeah, kind of rubbed, like dreamlike. Yeah, they've rubbed Vaseline all over this camera. And the horse. <laughs> yeah. And the horse, yeah. And uh, yeah, and then it just, uh, yeah, it just sets itself up from there, really. Well... I must. I must watch it. I'll, I'll, I'll rent it tonight. I head down to um, Blockbuster Video. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll hand them my membership card and ask for a VHS copy. Mm. I'll. Uh, you know they know me quite well in that. Actually, I'm I'm in there all the time. Yeah. So uh, they, they, you know, they generally comply with most of my demands. If they don't have it in, they'll order it. They're very good like that. That's oh, right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Some people say it's a dying industry. <laughs> VHS video rentals. <laughs> You know, they keep telling me that I'm actually keeping the whole industry afloat. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Just like one blockbuster video, it's just like one guy sat in there, just like uh, from nine to five each week, just like, come on, when's he going to come back? It's <laughs> like one person, just like, oh, I'm here for another video. Oh, thank God. Oh, it's you, thank God. <laughs> I'm sure you don't want to rent too. <laughs> Look, we've got Dunstan Checks In, we've got Look Who's Talking, and Look Who's Talking Now. Bruce Willis is in both. Forcing a baby. He doesn't have. He doesn't have. Uh, look who's talking too. He well, just has the first one and the third one. I <laughs> know. No, no that, that, he knows that I don't like that. <laughs> that was the first one I rented. That's the first thing I did when I walked in the shop on day one that they opened. I, I you know, I went straight for look who's talking too. <laughs> Took it home, but I brought it back immediately because I hated it. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. <laughs> it's not in, not even in the shop anymore. I'm not going to set foot through the archway of the shop unless I have assurances that look who's talking too is done, is gone. I feel sorry for this blockbuster video employee who's just kind of like at your beck and whim, essentially. Yeah. yeah. Just like uh, right, I'll throw it away with this stock. 
Well, I'm paying their salaries. It's, yeah, it's I true, also, I guess. But I also own the shop and the company. Uh, right. <laughs> I bought up the, the rights to all the companies. It's the only way I could keep that one shop open. Oh, I forgot your name's Blockbuster, isn't it? Yeah, Sean Blockbuster Kennelly. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we're talking about the old dirty bastard. Dirty old bastard. <laughs> dirty old bastard. <laughs> From Wu-Tang Clang, as I always accidentally call them. The Wu-Tang Clangers. The Wu-Tang, yeah, well, they're originally mostly whistling-based music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Before they evolved into, uh, you know, seminal New York hip-hop. Yeah. Before that, it mostly, like, moon-based. They were moon pigs, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and before that, he was, of course, in um, The Beastie Boys. Yeah. And then right. before that, he was in NWA. And before that, he was in... Uh, he did a lot of work with Rolf Harris. That's right. Yeah, and he was in women's wrestling before that as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can you name any women's wrestling wrestlers? Uh, China. <laughs> okay, you did it, actually. <laughs> I was expecting that. Yeah, from... Uh, yeah, I used to watch WWF when I was little. Yeah, yeah China. Me too. Wasn't that one called Tori? Tori... Amos. <laughs> Tory party. Wasn't there, one... <laughs> Wasn't there a wrestler called Theresa May? Something like that? No, maybe I'll think of someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, uh, you're just wishing. <laughs> you just want to see that uh, match. I want, I, want to, I want that to surface online, that actually this woman that we've been, you know, she, we've been closely watching her since last June, whenever it was she got in power. And we're just only now realising that she was actually a professional WWF wrestler in the 80s. That'd be great. Well, I mean, we had that substitute teacher at our secondary school who Go was on. a wrestler. Go on. Do you remember? No, not at all. <laughs> no record. I don't know if I could... Well, shall we say his... Shall I say his name? Say it now, and then if we change our mind afterwards, I'll put a big uh, bleepy noise over it. Although I'll find something more creative than a bleep. I'll use, like, a, a lion's roar or a truck screeching or, like, um... I don't know, like a castrated virgin doing a falsetto. Oh, of course. Um, yeah, Mr. Redgrave. Mr. Redgrave? Yeah. What did he do? He was, well, he was a substitute teacher. Right. But yeah, word got around the school that he apparently, back in like the 80s, he used no. to be like a, a wrestler. Okay. Um, and like, whatever anyone would ask him is <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> whatever, he'd pile drive them. <laughs> he'd pick up a chair, just whack around the head. <laughs> Oh my god, I don't believe it! Yeah, no, he, um... <laughs> like, it, it'd be funny as hell. He'd be kind of, like, doing substitute, uh... For, like, a... Uh, a maths class. And just be like, oh, okay, and that's, uh... That's how you get the answer to this equation. Any questions? Someone to put their hand up. Sir, in the 80s, did you used to be a professional wrestler? <laughs> he must have got it every lesson. And... Uh, but his his um his response would often be um I could uh, I could answer that but I'd have to uh, kill you. <laughs> and he did actually. Yeah, that's and he why, killed um, several kids. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. He used certainly. to be a teacher. That's why he was only a substitute. Is he couldn't take him on full time because <laughs> the student population took a nosedive nosedive every time he came in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> what was his name? The pupil smasher or something like that. Well, his surname was Redgrave. Yeah. Um, so he was like some sort of communist murderer. Apparently his, his wrestling name was Black Death. Right. Red well, Grave, it works. It's perfect. Redgrave, Black Death. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, he never... I don't know, there must have been some truth to it, just the fact that... You're right, James, because there's no smoke about a fire <laughs> in a situation like that. <laughs> right, because the fact that everybody kept mentioning it, it must be true. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't uh, just, just snub my nose at uh, the uh, the kind of, like, rumours of uh, school children. <laughs> it, it must have been a founded source here. Well, um, you know, children are very, they've got a lot of intuition, so they pick up on these, these signs. These wrestlers yeah. in our schools. <laughs> Yeah, no, very astute, very astute school children. Yeah. Famously on the ball, mm. not distracted by, you know, hormones or anything like that. <laughs> no, always on their eye out for, like, oh, <laughs> did he fight Andre the Giant? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I hope so. Yeah, but, so yeah, ODB, uh, women's wrestling to renowned alternate rapper of the 90s. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think it's probably best if we just keep calling him ODB. ODB? Yeah. Then old day bastard. That's what his parents called him, so that's, <laughs> yeah, that makes that's sense, how they refer it? to him. So um, when you say ODB, are you pronouncing the the full stops between those those different letters to kind of signify that it's an acronym and an initial? Oh, right. Are so you, you pronouncing mean, that? Or you mean like O-D-B. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, that's if you could do that, that would be great. Fairness, actually. that sounds like how they'd announce someone in wrestling, so that kind of just makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. That makes sense. I was going to do a little uh, fact file on him. Hmm. That's good, because I don't know a heck of a lot about him. Just the fact that he rapped. So, his uh, born given name was uh, David Attenborough Jr. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's an interesting. Uh, <laughs> not many people know that, actually. No. So, but then, moments after he was born, his parents changed his name to Russell Tyrone Jones. Ah. But he's better known by the stage name, Old Dirty Bastard. Old Dirty Bastard. And I don't know about you, but when I first listened to Wu-Tang, Tang, I struggle to pronounce the G in Tang, Wu-Tang Clan. Tang-fastic. Yeah, the Tang-fastics, as we shall now refer to them, for ease. When I first got into the Tangfastic uh, Troublesome Trio, um, the name Old Dirty Bastard fits so well. You know, immediately, if you saw a list of the, the names and then um, you heard their voices, you, when you get to him, you go, I know exactly who that is. And he definitely sounded old before his time, didn't <laughs> he? he was probably in his early 20s. When the first album came out, Into the Wu-Tang. And he was a bastard. And he was a real bastard. <laughs> he was really dirty and he sounded really old. He was always uh, stealing Raekwon the chef's uh, cooking utensils <laughs> in the group. And, you know, like, going back to him sounding old, I think of him as like a hip-hop Bob Dylan, a hip-hop Johnny Cash. You know, he just had that, that voice of a man old before his years, hmm. you know, you know, people, when they first heard Bob Dylan, they went, who's this old man crooning away about the state of youth today? And then they, you know, they saw a picture of him in Rolling Stone magazine or The Enemy or yeah. Melody Maker or whatever the hell was going around in the early 60s. And they were like, oh my God, it's a young curly haired young man. <laughs> Not even old enough to drink, yeah. <laughs> he can't even vote. Probably, I don't know. That's all conjecture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure Bob Dylan was old enough probably to Probably wasn't even allowed a knife and fork. He probably wasn't, no. He's not now, because he's really arthritic. <laughs> <laughs> Just make a mess. What does, he do? what does he do instead? Just kind of, like, get his hand into a kind of, like, scoop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
he only eats um, scrambled eggs now. <laughs> Out of a hand. <laughs> if he could just scoop straight into his mouth. Yeah. Well, I had a lot of soup, you know. Yeah. We'll not begrudge him his soup, James. No. We'll not begrudge him his soup. He has to have cold soup, though, because like, if it comes straight out of the oven when he scoops it, it's... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, my head, babe. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? Um, Odeba. Oh, yeah, yeah. How he's, you know, he, he sounds old before his time, just like Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. Very unique voice. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very unique voice. And uh, certainly, you know... On the uh, by the time he gets to, I guess it was the two thousands when he was doing this. Don't go breaking my heart cover. Oh my god, his voice <laughs> just sounds like he's got no teeth left <laughs> left in his head. Well, he can't have been sober. I don't think he ever was sober. That was part <laughs> of his personality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, old sodden bastard. They used to call him sometimes. <laughs> sodden bastard. <laughs> I think you're right. I don't think he ever was sober. I'm going to go through at some point. I'm going to go through. Uh, there's a great, a really great read on his Wikipedia page. Mm. There's a really big section. It's actually the section entitled "Legal Troubles" is as lengthy as the uh, section titled "Music Career." So that's <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I think that says a lot about the man. What legal troubles did he have? Oh, uh, we're getting into that now, are we? Okay. Well, I, uh, well, we can. I don't know. We can build up to that uh, if you want. I'm, just... I'm happy to jump straight in. <laughs> So, uh, you know, this, I think this helps paint, paint a portrait mm. of the man. So, yeah, delving into the uh, legal history mm. of the ODB. 1993, the same year that the Wu-Tang Clan's first album came out, mm-hmm. he was convicted of second-degree assault and attempted robbery. Lovely. I'm just going to bullet point these for the most part 1994 so by now he's made it you know this is the year after it's came out yeah although you know that came out the november of 1993 so maybe you know this could have been january 1994 maybe yeah. give him a give him like a, a couple of singles of to kind of make his name yeah so night so sometime in 1994 probably january 1st 1994 he was shot in the abdomen following an argument with another rapper 1997 he was arrested for uh, his failure to pay child support for three of his children 1998, he pleaded guilty to attempted assault on his wife, and also in the same year, was the victim of a home invasion robbery at his girlfriend's house, and he was shot in the back and the arm, but the wounds were, su- wounds were superficial. So right. That's, that's a rough year. Yeah. 1998. <laughs> <laughs> rough year for everybody involved. Yeah, I was going to work. Would it cancel it out? It's like he, he kind of gave a bit, got a bit back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say. <laughs> Certainly. So, July 1998, this is the same year again, mm. only days after being shot in the, uh, you know, home invasion yeah. at his girlfriend's house in Brooklyn, he was arrested for shoplifting a pair of $50 shoes <laughs> in Virginia. Although, at the time, he was carrying close to £500 in, $500 in cash. Well, to be, to be fair, when you're feeling a bit poorly, it's quite nice to sometimes treat yourself to... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. He probably needed an adrenaline rush just to keep himself walking. Yeah, I guess. So. Maybe it was like the film Crank. You know, he just <laughs> yeah. to, he start off small though. He's, going, he's just go, going around holding his side, stealing shoes. Uh, so of course he failed to appear in court a number of times. Uh, arrested for criminal threatening. That doesn't sound like a real thing. <laughs> Criminal threatening. Now, Criminal is, that, threatening. is that he's going around threatening criminals 
or the act of him threatening is a criminal offence? I think uh, probably threatening criminals. If anything, that makes him a bit of a hero, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's my point. He's going, like, going up to people. He's like, oh, you'll go to jail you if you keep that up. <laughs> if I were you, I would not <laughs> carry on rolling dice in the alley with Officer Leroy. <laughs> That was it. Okay, so uh, carrying on bullying, bullet pointing. Hmm. He was actually a few weeks later rearrested for similar charges, more, more criminal threatening. Oh right. Yeah. Um, you know, he really bit of a vigilante. Yeah. Um, maybe a sort of dark knight figure. Could be. Not the <laughs> not the hero we want necessarily, but certainly the hero <laughs> we need. I would say. Uh, God, during a traffic stop details of which remain clouded in multiple versions of the events. He was arrested for attempted murder and criminal weapon possession. While in traffic? What, in a... A traffic stop. I don't know. I don't think a traffic jo- stop means, like, um, congestion. Oh, I don't think, right. I, 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 jam. I, I was I, I had it like, it like the film falling down in my head, almost, where he's just kind of, like, sat in traffic. I've had enough of this. So he's like, blimey. Oh. I can't, I've had enough of this nine to five. Never going to get to Pilates at this rate. Exactly, yeah. Uh, no, I think it means he was stopped. February 1999, he was arrested for driving without a licence and for being a convicted felon wearing a bulletproof vest. What? <laughs> it's an interesting fact. Um, at the time, 1999, it was illegal for felons to own body armour. So. What? That, that's bizarre. Is it though? <laughs> wearing body armour? <laughs> Well, I didn't. I mean, if a bulletproof they... vest. What did as a as a as a law-abiding citizen, yeah, a very cautious man. He's very cautious. Yeah, actually, I can imagine uh, Adrian Monk being picked up on the same charges. Yeah, I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong. It doesn't look great <laughs> walking around with a or driving around in a bulletproof maybe, vest, but I don't know. Maybe he was just very body conscious. You know? Yeah, he I think did, so. Yeah, he'd been. You know, he was a convicted prison. Maybe he put on a bit of weight inside, or yeah. had got a bit too skinny, wanted to look a bit bulked up. Mm. I don't know, I'm very sympathetic to him in general. <laughs> Back in New York, weeks later, he was arrested for drug possession of crack cocaine and for traffic offences. Blah, 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 marijuana, 20 vials of crack. I don't know what a vial of crack is in terms of a, quantity. A vial, yeah. That's, uh... I suppose that depends how big the vial is. Yeah, it's just there isn't like one size fits all with a, a vial. It's just kind of, I guess. Is it like a. It's probably one of those things like the old way of measuring a horse using a hand. Yeah. It's probably like. <laughs> a vial is just whatever the vial nearest to you is. That's the size it is. I see. Oh, this is my favourite bit. Oh. This is my favourite bit. October 2000, he escaped from his court mandated drug treatment facility and spent one month as a fugitive. <laughs> He's a real Robin Hood figure. Yeah. Uh, certainly. During his time on the run, he met with Rizza and spent some time in the recording studio. He then appeared on stage at the Hammerst- uh, Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, drinking from a bottle, and at the record release party for the Wu-Tang's next album, W. Uh, in late two- November 2000, whilst a fugitive, he was arrested outside a South Philadelphia McDonald's <laughs> after he drew a crowd while signing autographs. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> I love that. He's he's on the run, but he's always got time for his fans. Oh, he's always got time for his fans. Certainly, he's probably trying to buy a few more vials or something. <laughs> Muck vial. <laughs> I have a question about one of the uh, legal issues. I'm an expert, so please quiz me. Um, the fight he had with a, another rapper. 
I'm curious, does it say who he had the fight with? Maybe it was like a sweet rapper. Yeah, Maybe yeah. it was like, a, he, you know, he fell out of a box of Quality Street. <laughs> he couldn't open it. <laughs> he was like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> Fucking rapper. So as a rapper, he went by uh, many names. Obviously, old Dirty Bastard being the main one. ODB. So before, uh, as well as being known by, you know, those names there, he was also had the name, uh, he used to go by Susan B. Anthony. <laughs> oh. uh, that was never one of his names, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he also went by RZA until RZA told him to stop because, you know, he was already called that. He was a bit annoyed that, you know, he was trying to go by that name. Um, I've got a little list here that I've got off the internet. Um, he used to go by Terry the Terrier. <laughs> I guess if Snoop Dogg's already taken, you've got to kind of go for other kind of canine related names. Yeah, well, you know, it was all the rage those days. Terry the it? Terrier. Have you got any... Uh... Any names there of his on your list? I can see you looking at your list there, James, of names that ODB uh, went by. Yeah, um, uh, Jubilee Grave Smasher. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's no relation to uh, Mr. Redgrave, the uh, former wrestler. You know what? I'm starting to see a connection here. Yeah. They were both in wrestling. <laughs> that name I just made up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, that, that does make sense. Um, what other names did he go by? Uh, he went by the name of uh, Ruddy Fish Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> well, the suspense was worth it. <laughs> yeah, but you see, he had the uh, he had the kind of full stops between each uh, each oh. word. They'd like like with ODB, right? So yeah. it's Ruddy Fish. Fish. Fighter. Fighter, yeah. From because for a moment it almost seemed like you you didn't quite know no. what you're talking about. No, no, no. I know, I know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, no, no. You just you know, did give the man his due. You know, yeah. when Prince wanted to be known as Symbol, we called him Symbol. Exactly. When old dirty bastard wanted to be known as Ruddy Fish Fighter, mm. we called him Ruddy Fish. So every fighter. syllable, every bit of punctuation. Well, he was a you know he was a real. Artiste, wasn't he? Very selective in particular about the way things were pronounced. Yeah, he was a certain kind of artist. (laughs) (laughs) A piss artist, as my dad would say. A piss artist. (laughs) I've only really listened to the first Wu-Tang album quite heavily and some of their other stuff. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll send you the album on MSN Messenger. I'll just send you them over, the MP3s over to you one by one. <laughs> I've got a good, I've got a good lot of smileys as well. I can send you. Oh, do you remember before um, they were called emojis? They were called emoticons. Yeah, I still use that a bit. The word emoticon. Yeah. And was it? Were they smileys before they were emoticons? Um. Was the smiley something different? I'm thinking of Carol Smiley. Yeah. I'm thinking of Carol Smiley, aren't I? Yeah, she was a main fixture on MSN Messenger. Yeah, yeah, everybody had her as a buddy, as a friend. She was like, uh, was it Tom on MySpace? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, everyone, everyone had her. everyone had Carol Smiley as a friend on MSN. <laughs> and you couldn't delete her no matter how much you tried. And she was always asking what you're up to. Yeah, and it was always, but she wouldn't even ask. She just put W U B U and then the number two. What you been up to? Question mark. Oh, she was a frightful bore. Yeah, terrible. Every half hour. Very insecure. Yeah, I think I think that woman's got a lot of problems. <laughs> I think that woman's got a lot of problems. 
When do I want? I want to pinpoint, and I want you to tell me when emoticons became emojis. You know, the world just moves so fast these days. I can't keep up. And well, we got the emoji movie coming out this year. Let's let's work now and then work our way back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ah, that's true. Yeah, it's like mo- emoji movie twenty seventeen. How did we get here? If I loaded, up, if I tried to boot up MS, MSN Messenger now, do you think Carol would still be on? <laughs> I, How many friends do you think I'd have that are still online? I'd be afraid to find out. I I I have a feeling she's sat there waiting. Yeah, she's been waiting for its resurgence. Yeah. The mailbox incident. So that was you were visiting me in Bristol. Yes. Walking back to uh, to your house. Uh, I don't know what time we're, we're two or three. Yeah, we're walking up past this a bricked up abandoned church, which is in a really odd place. It's like at the bottom of a big hill. It's a really strange place for the church. It's mostly houses and shops, um, and it's got this tiny little graveyard which is all fenced off, you know, because the sh- the church is bricked up. And we're walking past, and as I recall it, we see on the church the spikes of the church railings. Yeah, there's a a duvet hooked on that and you know we're a bit curious about that and it, what do we do we we give it a poke or something and it's, it's well we start yeah we started prodding at it and it had a bit of heft like and weight to it <laughs> how many oh how drunk do you have to be <laughs> okay let's go see what's in that well i mean there's no way i think i, I like to think he, he, even sober I would have just... I would Your be, curiosity would exactly. have been picked. It's just you would have been, I guess, more willing to kind of feed that curiosity, perhaps in a more drunken state. Mm. But the the curiosity certainly, certainly would have been there. And you're right, there was a real heft to it. And, you know, that's when we started going, well, what's in... What's wrapped... What's this duvet wrapped around? A body-shaped heft. Yeah, well, it's 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 kind of chunky and it's it's heavy. So, you know, we, we break into the graveyard... <laughs> And I'm kind of leading the way because I know the way around the railings. Yeah. Not that I've ever gotten to the graveyard beforehand. I never really had much need before <laughs> after my uh, vampire slaying days were over. Yeah. But we, we find it's just like a gap in the fence and we manage to get through. And then you make a beeline across this graveyard straight for the duvet. I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, you are. You know, one thing we can say, you've always been a very curious young fellow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's undoubtedly going to say it on your gravestone. <laughs> Your epitaph. Or a curious young fellow, even if I live to like 90. Curious you, believe me, fellow. the levels of curiosity you're running at, you're not going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you reaching your finger for that plug socket when I was out of the room a minute Well, it just looked like I didn't know what was inside of it, so I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we we go across the graveyard, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to kind of like very, very like cautiously unwrap this whatever is in this this duvet and as i remember it you went for the opposite tact you went for the uh you know the kind of famous tablecloth trick where you try and get the tablecloth out as quick as possible and keep all the cutlery and plates on top of it you just picked up this duvet and went got the better of me (laughs) (laughs) and out came and, and you know like obviously we're expecting a human arm or some sort of a limb torso. to fly out of this, because why on else would it be wrapped in a duvet in a graveyard in the middle of the night? Exactly. And what came out? It was it was an American-style mailbox. An American-style metal mailbox with that little 
flag thing yeah. that you kind of pull forward and backward if there's mail in the that box. That the postman puts up. Yeah. Your American postman, your mailman, as it were, yeah. would put up to let you know that post's there. A, a body would have been less surprising than... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. An arm would have been more expected. I would have understood what was going on more. <laughs> it's like, okay. I've never seen one of those in real life. You see them on American television. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I wouldn't know where you would source one. I wouldn't know where you get them. I wouldn't know where, you, where to start. I hadn't seen one before. I haven't seen one since that uh, fateful evening. Well, no, I kept it, so I... <laughs> did, yeah, well, yeah, I kind of insisted we needed to take this back. I was certain it was part of some sort of drug drop. Well, we checked, didn't we? We checked inside. It was like, hang on a minute. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's going to find ODB's uh, vials of, of crack <laughs> in there or something like that. But um, no, looking inside, it was completely empty. And yeah, you used it for your, for your mail at your house. Yeah, I I'd, I'd put it down at the bottom of my stairs. I'd, when I'd come in, I'd uh, pick up uh, my housemate's post. I'd put it in there. Put the flag up, of course. Uh, you know. And it was a good system. It didn't work one time. I was waiting on an important letter, and he popped my post in there, but forgot to put the flag up. I was waiting about a week, Ooh. and it—you know—the uh, system broke down. Uh, maybe that's why someone wrapped it in a duvet and chucked it in a graveyard. Too much, too much hassle. <laughs> <laughs> Putting that little flag up—it's too much. It's never going to work. Never going to work. Actually, ooh, one thing I will say though. Now we've talked about this quite a while, and we do reminisce about this story every once in a while, and it is a great anecdote. Um, whenever meeting uh, people perhaps on a night out and a very good icebreaker. But this is the first time on a more widespread platform have we been able to tell this. Now, I've been bloody curious for years how that mailbox got there. Mm. Now, if anyone has any clue oh, in yeah. the Bristol area, could you imagine that? Oh, if somebody we could was, find out. Yeah, we could find out and just kind of uh, somehow... Bottom of St. Michael's Hill. The church, the church at the bottom of St. Michael's Hill in Bristol in the, um, well, the St. Michael's area. <laughs> <laughs> has, has the statute of limitations on grave robbery. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on. That raises a good legal point. Is it grave robbery? We technically robbed something from a graveyard. Is that grave robbery? Well, what I will say... We didn't rob it from a grave. <laughs> oh God! This is this is this is giving more questions than it has answers. Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't from a grave, and I'm pretty confident. Well, hang that... on. Did we check to see if there were any freshly undug graves about? Are you are you suggesting that one of the recently deceased wanted to have their letterbox nearby when they died? <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering that, or maybe even it was the letterbox that had died and been buried, right? And that had uh, crawled up zombie fashion through the dirt, bust its way out of the coffin like a black mamba in yeah. Kill Bill Two, mm. with the, using the little flag as, <laughs> as the finger, bust the way out, um, and uh, you know been there waiting for rescue. Well, if, if if that's the narrative, then we are the rescuers in that story. That's true. That's one way to look at it for sure. And then it got cold. And then wrapped itself in a duvet. <laughs> um, Which was at hand, thankfully. Yeah. F f yeah. Um, it's a shame we didn't keep the duvet, now that I think of it. What? Oh, a dirty old duvet in a graveyard. Uh, that would... Oh. Dirty old daveyard. <laughs> dirty old daveyard. Dirty old daveyard. That that's a great name for like either a skiffle band or maybe like a um, Channel 4 programme. I imagine him as being kind of like a Tom Waits kind of figure. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. 
But no, I think, um, screw it, I think the statute of limitations has ran out on that. So if anyone has any possible clue where this this mailbox came from... Contact us immediately. Immediately. We, we can't return it. I will preface uh, by saying that uh, because it is... Lost since, to the ages. Since gone, you threw it out when you moved house. Yeah, threw it out. Had to. It's too beautiful to live. This is where we get drug barons who were trying to make a drop that evening. Yeah. And, uh, like, one of the people kind of went there and was like, well, the uh, the mailbox wasn't there. He got his uh, kneecaps busted just because we happened upon it. We found a duvet but no mailbox. <laughs> note, note to listener, you know, this is an aside. Birch can't hear me say this, but... I actually orchestrated all of this, and uh, I only took us home that way because I was expecting to pick something up from that mailbox that evening. And as there was nothing in it, uh, I just had to pretend that it was all some bizarre, drunken uh, misadventure that we both stumbled upon. Okay, okay, I'm going to start talking loud enough for Birch to hear me now. So, uh, so yeah, hey. strange, wasn't really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, a bit of a, bit of a silent moment there in the in the podcast might have to edit that out yeah didn't yeah. hear anything there no do you think it was something to do with the church do you think maybe the vicar <laughs> well it's... like a kind of um a- appealing to kind of like the the western uh kind of uh, pop culture like instead of a collection plate put a few uh yeah, pound American coins TV's in a big. in a mailbox yeah maybe that was it could be if we could you know maybe maybe that's why the church had shut down it was already closed by that point was it shut down, or was it just because it was two o'clock in the morning, and it, <laughs> and it seemed... The church is bricked up, so I'm pretty sure it's closed. I'm pretty sure the vicar's not still in there, trying to hold a sermon. He's waiting for his post, probably, poor sod. <laughs> he never got the eviction notice. <laughs> I think it might need wrapping up soon, it's down to 6%. It's in the red. Well, we can at least do like a thank you for watching bit. Okay, go. Shit, look at the time. Oh, it's nearly midnight. It's nearly bedtime. It's nearly bedtime. You know, uh, that pumpkin that you rode here in yeah. is about to turn back into a pumpkin. <laughs> I, can, I, I always go to these like shitty second-hand places, garages. <laughs> these pumpkins. These pumpkin places, yeah. All right, 5% battery. That's the real reason we've got to switch off. So, thanks for listening. I have been Birch. And I have been Sean. Goodbye. Goodbye.